Spooky, spooky, spooky. <laughs> Look at that. We're jumping out of the gate. Scary, scary, scary with a wonderful Is it scary or does he just have no power because of the south? <laughs> <laughs> and this is all he can do to try and make his way home. That's it. Guys, uh, you know what's really sad is my uh, delivery of uh, raw oysters got delayed because of the storm. Oh, who storm? casually gets raw oysters delivered? Is this a southern thing? No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Is it? Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, because you got to live near the coast. Raw oysters delivered? Are they Florida no, it's like oysters a, or no? Hell no! <laughs> get your shitty ass Florida oysters. These are fancy ass north northeast oysters from Massachusetts. All right, all right. I mean, I respect that. I mean, I have I have crawfish delivered live. Same thing. They just put in a cooler, and it's like really cheap a hundred for a hundred and fifteen dollars. So I'm going to do oyster fest tomorrow. I don't know if I can't see where they're picking it up. I don't trust fish. I feel like that's how you get poisoned and die. It's I like the start they're... of every zombie movie is a bad fish, and you end up getting poisoned, and then you die. I think they'll That's send you a picture of the bog they pulled the crawfish from. The bog? The bog? <laughs> Is that where they get crawfish? The, the creeks. The crick. Oysters, I feel like they have like little like uh, like rivers where they like grow them or something, right? Oh, I don't want to farm I mean, that one. would make sense. I don't want to farm You don't want to farm I don't, I don't Oh, you want to like frig. What? Well, no. I'm not going like, to lie. Nothing against oysters, but I feel like the only time I've ever had them is when I'm trying to impress someone on a date. Mm, you're like, watch me slurp this down. Right? Like, it's so oh. gross. There's, but they're like, so, <laughs> my girlfriend loves oysters. <laughs> Only time I've ever gone out to eat oysters. Oh. Is like, oh, I'm like, she likes it. This is supposed to be classy, Ooh. right? So let's you go. You order her some to your apartment <laughs> to impress her when you guys have a date. <laughs> gross. So for those who well, don't know. You can know, cook them. You can cook them. <laughs> new, new person on today is Alexandra. I don't, I don't need to drop a last name. If they made a check the second. You can just say seat. Alex. It's all good. Gamer. <laughs> game. What's your, and she's uh, on YouTube and Twitch as well. Cause she streams. That's, that's true. I haven't done that in a minute. I, that was honestly mostly a uh, fun college thing. I keep it up every now and again. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I used to be the gamerette. I used to specifically do uh, Korean dating Sims where my shtick and I had a very young, adorable queer audience of, you know, young female identifying people who followed me through college and it, Paid for some extra beer money. <laughs> it was yeah, a good time. I mean, you got like you got like ten thousand subscribers on YouTube there. Right? It was fun. It was really fun. Um, Google actually sponsored me for a while, so I got to like, go around to like South by and E three and like shoot a lot of videos there. It was a good time. It was all it's all a very 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 good time. And I, and it's what part of like why I fell in love with gaming and you know why I think I have a lot of fun making gaming episodes with you. Yeah, and you are so a jealous. producer. Yeah, video producer, like news producer. I'm trying to break into podcasts, though, because I think it's incredibly fun. Um, But I'm also in the middle of applying to law school. (laughs) Supposed to hear back any, like, in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully I'll be a lawyer. And then I'll be able to, I would love to, my ideal thing would be to actually um, do, like, First Amendment litigation and, like, defend creators um, and people who need their, you know, journalists who need their work protected so that, you know, they don't get, people don't try and sue them to take down good news. Which Ooh, I feel a, very personally attached to. I'm sorry, a guy you should connect with. I feel like on, I think it's on Reddit, but he's like a video game lawyer. I think that's his uh, 
He's your Very dad. cool. Name? But yeah, he'd be a good guy to talk to. Video game lawyers are super fun. I feel like a lot of what they do is like, is usually like just very business oriented, but I love to, I, I like, I love the people who like, you know, argue for artists and like argue for journal. Like that's awesome. Just the fact that it's like, yes, these people need protection. They're like always the underdog. And there's always this weird chilling effect that people do to try and like, I'll sue you into silence because I can. And I'm like, no. Wait, can you curse on this? Can you, par- can, wait, can you, I encourage okay. it. Okay. Fuck you guy. It. Balls. <laughs> And I, I, I love that idea, and it's, it's, it's what's inspired me to go to law school. So, yeah, that's I mean, hope. that would be great. I feel like your soul's going to be destroyed after like two, three months, but you know, possibly. Um, In which case, you know what I can do? I politics. can come back to podcasting. Yeah, right. Oh, no, yeah. Don't ever leave <laughs> podcasting. It's fun. Most I think of the time. I love the space of media and like media production, um, but I think there's, I think there's two really big issues. I think, A, the people who, create content on a regular basis are undervalued. Um, I think in video, you really, really see that there's just like the constant, like content mining, right. And like content farming and you get this massive burnout from people who are insanely creative, but then don't end up putting out good stuff because they're burned out. They're not paid enough. Um, they're expected to hit these really intense quotas usually. And, that's just not the space for them to actually do anything. Well, I think you can see that with like good creators early on in YouTube, right? It's like the reason you fall in love with that creator is not why, like they're not happy doing that same thing like a couple years from then because the system doesn't actually like, you know, it it doesn't support them to make anything new or take a break. Once you start getting deadlines, right? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. When you get to a big company, I guess. And us as fans of big producer, uh, big creators, we get fucking greedy. And there's like, he releases every Monday and Thursday and he didn't release on Thursday. So <laughs> let's everybody dox him. Oh yeah. Every, how dare he, you know, this person takes a couple weeks off for mental health. Right. Which is like, when you think about it, I think particularly when it comes to like, you, like let's say YouTubers, right. Who are like, ultimately like you're self-employed, right. You're getting maybe merchandise revenue, but really it's probably more just ad revenue. Right. Any day you don't show up to work, any day you don't make content is a day you don't get a paycheck, right? Like you're not paid. You're not getting more views that day. There's no ad revenue for a new video that's coming out. And it's just, it's, there's no built in, at least look for the vast majority of us. It's like, all right, what you get like two weeks, right? Right. Like you're a nurse, right? You get what two weeks you get, you get a holiday, you get Christmas off, you get whatever. If you aren't taught to build in time for yourself, you won't you won't advocate for yourself because the system's not going to advocate for you. And then you have this like massive burnout, which you see with a lot of big YouTubers who are like, I have nothing left in me. My creative sprout has been crushed under the boot of capitalistic consumption. Mm-hmm. And it shows, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it shows on the, the, the biggest channels in the history of YouTube mm-hmm. that are just totally. gone. They're not even. Yeah. That's why I'm a firm, firm believer of outsourcing some stuff. Just be like, Hey, you, you're a small creator make me something. I'll put it on my channel this time, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think that's always really interesting. Cause I think so much of that is, um, like so much of being a YouTuber, especially is based on your ability to like, yeah. yeah, it's your personality and you, and it's not even that, but it's like, if you, if you give away something like, or not even give away, it's like, but like if I wanted someone to make content so I can put it on my channel, I'm giving, like I'm giving away, you know, my brand equity right? That, that is supposed to be of value. I'm supposed to literally charge for that. Like that is, there's a valuable platform right there. And I'm letting you put something on there because I, I need a break. I think the vast majority of us just 
in life, we're not taught to like value our own space. We're like, no, that's, this is my space. You can't come into my space because it's going to challenge who I am as a person. Oh man, and, See, that uh, seems like a content swap for me. What do you got, Michael? I think that's inherently American. Just, just like our our work status, the way that we brag about how much we work and try not to take vacations and things like that, that is truly an American thing. Like, yeah, in Europe, like it's they're trying to make sure that you have a four day, uh, a three day or four day work week. There's nap time or relaxation hour every hour. <laughs> nap <Like>, time. <laughs> Uh, Michael, you should run for president and your platform will be the siesta. (laughs) Run on the siesta platform. Naps every day. Days don't start till 10 a.m. You have my vote, damn it. Yeah, for sure. I do think school starts too early. That's the other thing about that. Oh, dude, I I slept through my first period every single day in high school because it was just too early. I also... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I think it's just really funny. I... I don't know if it's because you're younger and maybe you have the energy, but I remember having so much. I got up and went to, I kid you not, I had, I took an, like an A period before first period, 6 a.m. by choice. I don't know why, but I felt like the energy was there and I would never do that to myself now. Do you think it's just that we all get older and more tired or? No, I think it's that you are a special type of person. Yeah, that's a you thing. That's <laughs> not an everybody thing. <laughs> Extra, extra energy. I didn't wake up until 9, 30, 10 o'clock every day. Even if I was at school at 7. High school? I didn't wake up. Oh, right. Uh, Oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm bringing a hoodie. And even if you go to bed at like 10, it's just too early. The sun's not out? Come on. I'm also a night owl, which I think I inherited from my dad. Like before 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, like it's not a good sleep for me. So like I got to go to bed 3 a.m. Were either of you guys ever really big sports? Like did you, were you ever really into sports? Oh yeah, I had a varsity letter award like the uh-huh. seven. I think it's uh, seven or eight. Did you ever do like morning, like two a day practices stuff like that? Oh yeah, and then I was in the military, so yeah. that was up at four in the morning. Oh, oh, okay. So you you do get I don't get up in the morning until I nine. Do, I don't need more. You're in the military now. I get up at seven <laughs> because it's work time. But yeah. when I was in school, it was terrible and worthless. But once you hit eighteen, then the real life starts. Yeah. Mm. I hate being an adult. Did you what? join? Wait, when did you, when did you join the military? How old were you? I enlisted when I was still 17 and then I had to wait the delayed oh, wow. entry program. Cause wait, the, can you talk about, I'm so sorry. I do not mean to hijack this. I just no, have so many go questions. For it. Go ahead. I don't know if you have a particular path. This podcast usually goes on. Okay. Questions. Wait, tell me about your life here. So you enlisted at 17. Why? One, why? Uh, is always been in team sports. The Navy uh, officer that came by and bragged about why you should be in the Navy. Mm-hmm. The teamwork aspect really hit home because I've done team sports my whole life. And mm-hmm. I didn't have a career path at the time. Mm-hmm. I came from a small town of 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. You're born there, you live there, you die there. You work in a factory. I didn't want to work in a factory. And... They offered a $20,000 enlistment bonus, a chance to be a teammate for the rest of your life, and get out of Dodge. So mm-hmm. I enlisted. Uh, if you went in under the uh, reserve platform, you do that, you get your bonus, and then you can go active duty. I realized how much of a family person I was. Mm-hmm. And I knew after 
a school training that I didn't want to be gone from home. Mm-hmm. And then wait, talk to me, talk to me about the family aspect. So you said you, you knew that you were a family guy. How? I didn't realize how much family events, Christmases, Thanksgivings, even Easter's, we had barbecues. We didn't celebrate. We're not religious at all, but we always had family barbecues. You can make new family in the military, but it wasn't my family. So I realized how much I loved that. And I knew I didn't want one way or another. I wanted to have a family the rest of my life and always Mm -hmm. have that house to be the ones that everyone's going to come there for every holiday. So that I spent my life. You're selling me on it right now. I'm not going to lie. No, I'm not going to lie that I, I, I want that deeply. I, I like deeply, deeply want that. In fact, like part of the reason, like I got really, I, I, I don't know if you followed like Amy Coney, Coney Barrett getting, you know, confirmed as right. Like that's like genuinely kind of freaked me out. And I had a bunch of family members being like, what are you going to do? And I'm just like, depends, yeah. might move to England <laughs> um, yeah. or well, no, really. It's like, and I actually asked my girlfriend about that because we're thinking of getting married. And she's like, well, if there's ever a pending case, we're just going to get, we're just, she's like, don't even worry about proposing. We'll just get married tomorrow. Cause fuck this. We oh, don't know how justice, to. Yeah. It's, Right? I do fear and that's going to come up along with, uh, I feel like a, a doctors who've lost their license are going to be performing a lot of illegal abortions if they try to pass that. Right. And I, I just, I, I don't know, that resonates with me, the idea of like wanting that like family. Yeah. Like to, to be, to be somewhere and to really feel set, settled and have an emotional attachment to place with a family. And I feel like for the first time in a long time, I feel like that's threatened. So I a hundred percent understand the appeal because I, I want that too. And that's amazing that the military let you realize that that's, um, you know, that like, let you realize that that's something you have to go back to. It's not something that you go away from. Um, did you, are you close to your family? I'm a lot closer to my mom's side of the family now because all of them have moved to Florida since I've moved uh-huh. here. I I'm see. Got it. Got a, it. Got it. Small town in Illinois. My dad's Aww. family still lives up there. Uh-huh. Slowly uh-huh. but surely everybody has moved down here. We're going through some family health issues, so that's scary, but it was a, yeah. we have a lot, a lot of family events and they're all at our house because me and the wife work hard to provide yeah. a big house and we always like to have, we go ham on pretty much every party, whether we need to or not. So mm, those low country boils. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, yeah. For my birthday, we, you know, you spend four or $500 on a, a seafood boil. Every part oh, wow. we hold, we host parties that aren't even for us, for other family members. Like, all right, just come on over, just tell us what you need, and we'll have everything ready. Do you, do you ever, do you ever feel like you carry a lot of the? And this is interesting. So, like, like as a young adult, I'm realizing that like maintaining friendships as, and you know, maintaining like family connections, right? As you grow up, is is hard. <laughs> it just it, it's so taxing and it requires so much energy. Do you ever feel like you take on more of that burden than the rest of your family? Uh, I feel like my mom and wife now actually take on most of that brunt because they're the ones that make sure that nobody falls through the cracks of Aww. parties and whatnot. Like she, that's that's their thoughtfulness. I wish I was better at it. I'm terrible at just sending a random "how do you do" text. Uh huh. That's where they exceed. What it's also, you said it's that like you I'm were the most upset. thoughtful guy in the family. It's a it's the women. I feel like women are better at developing that bond. Than men at thoughtfulness. What? You're an emotional guy. You like you've mean you've bonded. 
That's why it hurts my feelings when I do get that way. I realize I'm way more emotional than most men. Uh, bro down, I get being a bro, but I am way more emotional than Like when you get drunk, dudes. you're like, get really sentimental. I'm pretty sentimental all the time. Where do you think that comes from? Is uh, that like innate or do you think that that was like taught to you by your mom mm. or something? Mm, good question. My mom and dad are both pretty good at remembering <laughs> dates and little, little, little actions to let you know that you're thinking about them, which is oh. one thing that I've done very well at trying to keep. So like if I'm out and doing something and I know saying like Nicole's not going to be home. So like I'm going to get her something that I know that she's probably craving. So it's there at home and she can see it. Oh, I'd marry you, bro. Well, I was going to say, Jesus Christ, give me a couple of lessons. My girlfriend would love you. Damn. It's not something <laughs> that you're born with. It does take practice. Mm, deliberate practice? It takes, or well, it takes prayer. failed relationships before. Uh, that is do you quite wanna, true. Do you want to be this person forever? Or like, well, what mm. can I do to be better at this relationship? Like, I know she works way more than I do. So where's my strength? Thoughtfulness. Dishes. What do you think you do better in this relationship than you did in your past relationships? Uh, oof. By the way, Lowell, feel free to you also answer these. I don't I'm, know. I'm just shooting I know this that shit. I'm actually, no, I'm specific. impressed. These are good questions. <laughs> I'm actually, I, I know about me that I'm a very thoughtful person. So I feel like I keep going further and further to the extremes. Mm. Um, what I do better at this one than the other ones. I know I don't want it to fail. Like there's just no self sabotage. <laughs> the low, the low bar. <laughs> well, uh, in every relation, I've been very fortunate. I've not been broken up with very many times, but I'm. I've known mm. when I was done. Mm. That's this fair. one I've reached. I was like, I know, I don't want this one to end, and we've planned having kids, and now we're uh-huh. twenty two days from having one. Oh, congrats. So, wait, uh, I've got one from a previous wait. relationship from a uh, bar uh-huh. times during my immature okay. stages. Yeah. So, Alexandra, you want that one? He can give it to you at a really good price. The, <laughs> that was great. That's, that's actually super real. We know we've been looking into how that, like to get just our hands on a kid somehow basically costs close what, 20, 30, 40 grand oh, minimum. It's going up. Just, just to even, yeah, no, just to even like, so like, let's say we wanted to do like a sperm donor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a, not only do we have to go and get the fun stuff, get the confetti, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, then we have to like, let's, let's say we just do something. I think this is something like, I never thought about it and I'm gay even. So I can't imagine most people think about this, but like, let's say we just do something with her, not even where it's like, what we're actually going to try and do is like use my egg and then we're going to implant it in her. Oh, and yeah. So then, expensive. So expensive. Yeah. My friends, that, my that friends goes up to like, yeah. like it could be I up know, to a hundred grand. And uh, like, let's say we're just using hers and we like get a sperm donor. Um, not only do we have to hope it takes because you have to like, it's like the setup cost. It's like 10 or 20 grand. And then it's an extra like 10 grand for every cycle of IVF. Like you have to do, and you usually have to do multiple. It never just takes the first time. Um, and then I need to go get an adoption lawyer anyway because not all states I don't know about New York but not all states count the like even if we're married I don't count as the second parent so I have to go and get an adoption lawyer anyways Jeez. even though we're married and we yeah. thought it was my kid so I have to go pay another 10 20 
30 grand for an adoption lawyer. So this is why when Craigslist used to be a thing for uh, <laughs> casual encounters, I would see the like couple, female we couples need, on there being yeah. like, just put it in like Come and nail naturally, my wife. Yep. Sign, sign this little agreement. Yeah, leave us alone forever. Because yeah, it's so expensive, right? Yeah. I can it's, see it's, why people would think of that though. Like, oh, God, if I yeah, knew it's that, tempting, right? like say like you're gay and you don't have that kind of money, but you know that you could, you have enough money to raise a child mm-hmm. and be a halfway decent parent. I'd be like, well, I would do that. Unfortunately, there have been so many people that have actually ended up filing suit to the sperm donor despite paperwork. Well, yeah, and even though if they're on the casual encounter section of Craigslist, you're like, mm, maybe this yeah. is not the even best. Even if it's a friend uh, or a loved one, if any fallout happens, uh, yeah, you can yeah, still end up being oh, financially yeah. responsible for the child. I, yeah. I would, yeah, I'd be like, I'd want it to be anonymous entirely, and yeah. that's totally that's like. But then you don't get like half the fun of like, oh, it doesn't look like me. No, uh, no, no. My right. friends did that, and it was it was very expensive. It took a while, but they did eventually have a baby. Yeah, so which is we were thinking of doing that for one, and then we would kind of give up and just do adoption. Also, because we believe in adoption and feel like I you know too. it's probably yeah, good yeah, yeah. for the that. world, totally. so we'd like to adopt yeah. more. Um, but wait, I, so I had a question earlier. I'm going to throw back to this because I, th- I think it's actually a really interesting discussion about relationships. So um, the main question here, because you said the word fail, what defines a failed relationship? And I say this specifically because I read um, Amy Poehler's book and it kind of blew my mind that she said, look, I was married for 10 years, had kids, was really happy and we divorced. Right. But everyone, like everything in the world taught me that that meant I was like, I failed this relationship failed. And she's like, that is not how you're supposed to see it. We were together for 10 years and had two kids. It's a damn successful relationship, regardless of the ending. How do you define a failed relationship since you mentioned fail? We are going some deep therapy here. So sorry, I'm so curious. <laughs> one of you has I'm, to bury the other one. I'm all I'm, I'm all in on that. That's uh, what do I define as a fail? Well, it depends on which relationship. There's a certain sometimes, and if it takes a long time to get to learn the person, so finding out someone's not at all who they've been, and mm-hmm. then I would just self sabotage. Uh, a true failure, like a failure on my end, there would just be me giving up and just not being who I know who I could be. Mm. Which I don't quite figure is self-sabotage, but selfishness. And then looking back in reflection, um, like my high school sweetheart, I know that I just, I wasn't mature enough to be who mm-hmm. I should have been at the time. That's one of the few that I would actually consider true failure because is I was real slow to get to go to school, to be in nursing school and everything. And I was working two days a week, but two 16-hour shifts. I had five days off, and it was just doing nothing but drinking and playing in the pool when I got to Florida. And I didn't live up to my expectations for four years. So mm-hmm. I failed. Mm-hmm. So lack of growth, I think, is the biggest failure in a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that was a solid answer. After, after you a hardball, and that was a really solid answer. For the record, by the way, again, don't know if this podcast normally goes heavy. But I can go heavy, and I usually tend to. Feel free to be like, yo, Alex, pump the brakes. I'm <laughs> Let's talk it. about beer I, and vaping. I'm, I'm <laughs> 32 with a, two kids and 
a house and a mortgage and insurance. So like I'm, I get pretty deep in my own head. So like, go ahead and lay it on me. Did, That's like, fair. So wait, so then you've mentioned, and again, a little, I really would love to hear your answers to this too. As a human, <laughs> I have recently met. Me I'm the, very curious. Yeah. I would love um, to hear Lowell's answers at some of this stuff to be like, Hey, Lowell <laughs> don't have, you have, you just have to make sure that you and Ender are alive. That's it. Like a plus relationship to be that carefree. Like I, I'm curious how it feels like now. Cause like I've been responsible for other humans for eight years. Mm. It's true. He's, <laughs> I think he died or he's, he broke. He's locking in hard on the, <laughs> he died or he's editing. Oh, One wait, of I the think two. His, no, his headphones died. So he's probably locked in. Trying I'm to trying to switch to my AirPods. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I oh. knew it as soon as I looked at his intent eyes. Like, oh, he's doing <laughs> totally fine well okay wait so then all right so follow-up question for you then so um you mentioned self-sabotage okay so you're hitting on a lot of these keywords that i find really fascinating and i'd love to like dive a little bit more into so self-sabotage like like what what does that mean for you can you can you kind of draw that out for me like what is how did that manifest in your life and more importantly how did you how did you finally see it i feel like so often it's a behavior that it's just it, it happens when we're on autopilot and we don't really see it until after the damage is done. Well, so yeah, every, every, almost every decision in life is a choice. So whether it's, there, there's lots of different types of cheating, mm-hmm. emotional cheating, emotional cheating. I knew you're going there. That's, <laughs> you're emotionally there. cheating with me. Uh, I mean, on Nicole with me right now. I have, <laughs> Honestly, what, uh, me and Nicole's relationship started with some emotional cheating because mm-hmm. we were working at the hospital. Spicy, and mm. spicy stuff right here. Go on. Me and the girl I was with beforehand, we had a four-year age gap, and you know she was living with her parents, and she'd never had a job. And the seriousness at which we took stuff was very different for nursing school, which led to. I couldn't rely on, I felt like I couldn't rely on her. So I know I self-sabotaged everything by choosing to talk to someone more adult and more in a different spot. So like I gave up emotionally and once I did, I broke it off with her, but I knew self, like I was self-sabotaging and I knew as soon as I woke up in the morning and I went to talk to the other person for that sort of support. It's like, I knew at that point, it's like, well, this is where we're at now. So like, this has to change because I knew I was wrong to even emotionally cheat and reach out to that person when I shouldn't have. Granted, mm. we're been together five years now and having a kid, it worked out, but it doesn't mean I was right to do it. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. The ends don't justify the means. I get it. Yeah. And she knows it. I mean, she was... Mm. She, she's not perfect either. She wasn't looking at all for a relationship. She was using men for dinners and everything like that, admittedly. And she had a long-term relationship that she knew was over long for years Mm. before it actually ended. So she understood where I was at. Like she, she knew I was with that other girl and she knew that there's growth that needed to take place on my end and her end. So she was... She was good. She was way more adult than I was. Like Nicole has been a grown ass woman for a couple years longer than I've been a grown ass adult. Sure. 
Poor Lol. He seems like he's still trying. Are you still trying to get your AirPods working? No, 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 no. I was just okay, laying you look down now. So I defeated. My, my puppy right here. Oh, Aww. sorry, baby. Oh, guys, I, I want another dog. betrayed there for a second. <laughs> Side-eyed you. I know, and then uh, Lisa's dogs and my dog don't get along, so we have to keep them separated. Oh. She got two Pomeranians. Um, uh. I was going to ask, how important is it this is a little of a less deep question, but you like somebody, but they don't they don't necessarily um, like the same stuff in the bedroom as you. How important is that? <laughs> oh, I have answers. Okay, but I'll let you yeah, go first. No, go, 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 go. Go ahead. Okay. Michael just likes to cuddle, so it's not a big deal. That's cuddle. fair. Like that's. So, look, everyone has their kinks, right? I don't think many people are all really that vanilla, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. like vanilla with a side of kink, you know? Everyone <laughs> yeah. everyone has a thing. I think they've just yet to find it. So, I think there's kind of two distinctions. It's either you both have already found your kinks and they're very different kinks, or, you know, maybe you're like, oh, we don't know what we're doing yet. We're really young and in love kind of thing, and we're just still figuring it out. I think in those cases, I think... It's super healthy to educate yourself, to like read with a grain of salt what's on the internet. Some stuff gets crazy, but some stuff is worth trying. There's a lot of really fantastic. I think in particular, I I feel this is a very personal issue because, um, again, being queer, like, no, like, unless you have queer friends in high school, my friends were not talking about, you know, like my girlfriends were not talking about girls you know, because we were actually just friends, not right. They were talking about boys and I was like, okay, I guess this is it. Right. And then you go into, you know, a relationship and you have no education on it because society hasn't taught you that that's supposed to be a normal thing. So I think it's important to educate yourself. And there's usually a lot of niche websites that help you like figure it out in a cool, healthy, communicative way. And ultimately I think if you communicate with a partner, whether or not you like things that are different, I think a, it gives you the opportunity to try something new you might not have tried. B, is something they haven't tried. Like, they get to do the same thing. Like you said, a, an, a relationship that doesn't fail is one that allows for an opportunity for growth. So this is one of those opportunities. And then, you know, then you get to have a wonderfully weird kinky time. Yeah, yeah, this is great. I'm going to play this for Lisa um, so she'll let me pee on her. Uh, we all have our time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Although, you know what? No, no. Hey, if everyone's a consenting adult, there's no shame. I actually genuinely think like, you know what? If everyone's consenting, like be as weird as you want, whatever. Don't oh yeah. Totally. Bag of the towel totally. down. Exactly. Like <laughs> I'm, you know what? Like it's not, it's, and that's, I think that's the important thing. It's that like, it's okay. Not everything has to be your cup of tea. And that's why you communicate these things beforehand. I think that's the, the biggest, you know what I, I used to do is, um, uh, I used to ask people after, you know, after, uh, having a fun, fun time. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> I used to, I would ask, I'd be like, Hey, okay. Pros and cons. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, I would genuinely ask. Did you so review adult. my performance? Uh, great. I, well, I mean like a little, and it's like, no, mostly you're like laughing about it. And I think part of it is to be like, okay, well we just did this and we just met. So like, you know, like trying yeah, to break yeah. the ice a little. But also, like, genu- I think the thing is, like, it lets you giggle, but also it's like, hey, all right, like, I don't know you yet. Like, what worked? What yeah, didn't? What do you like? I can I take do notes. That. I want to do Whatever. that thing. Yeah. And I, I've always found that, like, it was always better the next time if I asked that than if I didn't. Because then I was still just kind of fumbling in the dark, literally. 
as opposed yeah. to being like, okay, you know, she told me she liked this, so let's go. Um, and then it was always much more fun. So yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. No, I'm all about uh, doing what people like, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So <laughs> we're talking yeah. about that. Well, we went deep. How, how old are you now? Me? Yep. I am uh, 26. At what age did you know that you were gay? So I nearly married a man for a minute. I was a oh, man. for like six so years. You've, so you've experienced both then? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's also the really big thing. I think everyone kind of assumes like, oh, you're a lesbian. You must like hate men. And you're like, no, I don't hate men. I just, just like, didn't no, know that there was something. You just haven't something. experienced a good one yet. Well, I think that was the thing. It's like, this, it's like everything was fine. It was fine. It wasn't even bad. It was just like, it's fine. And then, you know, and then you kiss a girl and you're like, oh, it's like, it was, it was like going from like, from like little league to like, you know, like oh, major yeah. league. It was just, mm-hmm. it was, it was just a different ball game. Um, but I still, I, I, and I actually, even after I knew I stayed with him for a really long time. Cause I was like, I had an emotional relationship that mattered a lot to me. Um, and we ended up not, and ultimately like, we ended up breaking up for like very normal relationship reasons. Like not even like a, Oh, Hey, I ended up liking girls more thing. But, um, I think it was, I probably came out I think it came out to myself at like 19 and then friends at like 20, 21. Um, and then my family, my mom took it really hard. And that was like five years of a coming up <laughs> and still Damn. is a coming up process. It's just yeah, so yeah. not fair for gay people like that you have. Yeah. You, you have to build up and tell a loved one because it's not normal for them. I think it, it can happen in different ways too. It's that like, there's this weird, I have this, okay. And I, I've gone through this like so much in my head. So this is something like I am actively still dealing with. So like, I love my mom very much, but I, I don't think she's particularly happy about, <laughs> about it. Um, she's like ultimately come to terms with it. But I think there's this assumption that like, and I think people, you know, people don't, you know, when you're coming out, you're not told this, that like, oh, you sat here grappling with it for like a year, two years, five years. You sat here, like I would watch YouTube videos and I would watch like all of these coming out videos. I had language and syntax to put on feelings I did not understand. Right. And I, I cause I had, you know, had to educate myself on that. I had no choice. I was really depressed otherwise. Um, but then, you know, you go up to someone like your parents who might not have grown up in that world, who don't have that language. And they're like, I, what is, what is this? What is this nonsense? And I had this assumption that my mother was super, super liberal. Like we grew up in LA, West Hollywood, like rainbows on the streets, like everybody's gay. Um, but you know, first question she had when I, I came, I came out and, um, I was like, mom, I'm gay. And she's like, does this mean you want to be a man now? Are you never going to, that was her first question. And I was like, no, 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 jump the gun, mom. <laughs> Reel it back. How old is Not your mom? Like, how, how much older is your mom than you? She's, uh, uh, oh God, I have no idea. I mean, she's in her, I think early fifties now. Um, so she was probably late forties ish when I came out, right. Mid late forties, something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah. So it's not like she was like 60, 70, like she's really, really, really old. Like, um, but she was, uh, you know, she came out of the Iranian revolution. Like she came out of a very leftist family, right. Who were like involved in revolution, like to the degree that they were Lenin, like supported Lenin at one point, right. Very left, like, went overboard, but very leftist. Um, but then, you know, came here and, uh, I didn't realize how insular their community was and how, 
how much of success as a mother is defined by your kid doing a very, very specific set of things. And the Producing moment they grandkid. Yeah. And it's very Indian. I, I literally just Indian. went to, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's pretty close. Um, we, I literally just went, uh, and saw family in at, literally this weekend. I went to Atlanta. I saw family. First thing my mother said to me, was so how are you doing so you're not going to have your own grandkids you're gonna have someone else's grandkids because we're thinking of getting a donor or adopting and i'm like that's that's what you think that that is yeah and that's been really hard for me to grapple and that was yeah yeah four days ago that was that's been really hard for me to grapple with that's tough (laughs) i know i'm battling i'm hoping like even being 32 and the the day and age we live in of acceptance and everything, I still kind of have to hope my son is straight to carry on hundreds. Like, is that, does that end hundreds of years of like family lineage? We just have two sons and then oh, one, of them. I can pick <laughs> yeah, hope one of them straight. I don't, I think if anything that this is a, a, a thing society needs to probably grapple with, it's that what is the definition of family and how does that evolve with society? Because the definition of family is, is to some degree social. Like, in, is, is an adopted kid, like, if you adopted a kid, is it not your kid? No, I just, as long as they don't think I'm an asshole, I'm cool with it. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, or it's like, or if you become, a, yeah, if you're a stepdad, right? And that, you know, that kid calls you daddy, you changed their diapers, you took them to school. Are you not a dad? Are you not their dad? Funny thing oh, is, is that the uh, from the quote from the sorry, go no, on, no, the I, I didn't movie. know my daughter was mine until she was after two years old. Well, yeah, but yeah, I was just gonna say, did you not consider yourself her father? I do. I wish I had been a part of more things because, like, I know that there's traits and things that you learn not, not inherently, but like the first six to ten months are so pivotal at creating a bond that I feel like a love from her to me will not be the same presence as it was to her mom. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not the one that held her at six months. Maybe for you, but I, in my opinion, they don't really remember that stuff so much. And that's type of stuff like, Oh, you have to like bond. Really? I, I, I think that stuff's a myth. I think it's stamped. There's a yeah, reason why yeah. serial killers, they talk about their first two years. And I think it's yeah, probably they, a little bit have, of both. I think they're, uh, those, those people are, uh, Blaming it on shit. You didn't get to but deal yeah. with how much she hated me for the first two years that I was in her life from two to four. Oh, well, that's the terrible twos, man. Come on. They're like, they're like assholes. That is also she, true. She loved my mom from the get. Yeah. I also think well, there were some things that I had to deal with, like her mom hating me and resenting me for not being there because I didn't well, know yeah, she was mine. So I feel yeah, like probably. I've been dealing with some shit talk towards me. Which has been a rough battle. So, like, this is why this one's so exciting. Like, this is the get right. <laughs> Oof. Get right is like, yeah. like, no, to me, get right. Because, like, I wasn't yeah. there. I feel you. Even, even. <laughs> but he is now, though. I would, yeah. Like, I would have been there for her if I'd known she was mine. So, like, I mm. still feel like I failed because I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. I'm taking on that burden. Like, I will do all What I made can. you, what made you, so, like, and by the way, you don't, this is a exceedingly personal question. Do not feel the need to answer this. Totally fair. Um, but I, I am wondering like what, what made you hesitate when you felt like you, if you weren't sure if like, if there was a, another possibility, it's like this kid might not be mine. Um, 
by the way, I think this is very reasonable. Like what made you hesitate? Can you like walk us through that hesitation? Oh, she was pregnant. And then she, well, she found out she was pregnant in jail. And then there was several other names listed with the Charlotte County Mm. board when she filed. Like I didn't get tested for DNA until she was that old because she applied for state benefits. Uh I didn't have a chance to know she was mine. Until she applied um, for okay. but for Medicaid. So okay. there was several other people in her, several other males in her life that she worked with mm-hmm. that, and everyone that she worked with told me I was not the father. Her mother sent me an email the night that she found out she was pregnant in jail telling me that I was lucky because it's another guy that she worked with. Okay. So I just took, I took everyone at the word. That's rough. Yeah. And and yeah, it just, it's not how it worked out. That's just how the cookie crumbled, I guess. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought it was Steve, the waiter that she worked with. That's all. And then he tested negative. He was, the, he was, his name was on the thing to get cotton swabbed. Goddamn Steve. Wow. Are you, are you happy? Are you happy that the kid ended up being yours though? I mean, I'm sure yes, like I'm any, happy any parent mine. I would I say I that. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. wish I could have been more mm-hmm. pivotal to make sure that her life was better than it was. Yeah. I'm not going to shit talk her mom. Also, her they mom just deal with her mom. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. She's a multi-level marketing guru. She is a multi-level marketing guru. She's not making Wait, money actually? on it yet, but she's been in Ooh. probably eight or nine of them. Woof. It's oh, my God. Speaking of multi-level marketing, just going to take a hard left right here. Ooh. You guys watch The Vow. Wait, The Vow? Yes, Wait. on HBO. No, no, we, there's another one that just came out that was uh, To Live and Die, something in Florida, right? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, I have no, no, no idea, but The Vow is about the Nixium cult, and oh, like yeah. a part of it is like the, the main guy is, um he that he originally guy. started his, like Keith Raniere, he originally started in like multi-level marketing, which makes total Ooh. sense. It's like, oh yeah, because uh, then he, uh, <laughs> part yeah. two is you make Ooh. a cult. With I want to do a multi-level marketing podcast epi- uh, season, but I'm like, I don't want to get oh, sued. I cannot. They did that show so phenomenally well. Um, mm. I think specifically because they had, because um, one of the guys who was uh, in the cult and who later like defected uh, was a documentarian. So he had oh, so nice. much video and audio footage. Oh, um, great. And he had everyone, especially when people are starting to defect, he's like record everything. So they have all oh, of these recordings amazing. as oh, people wow. are defecting. And uh, literally, it was like two days ago. Um, the main guy, he got 120 years oh, in prison. Wow. Wait, what's this called? Oh, it's the called vow. The Vow. It's about the Nixium okay. cult. Like women uh, ended nice. up branding themselves. It was nuts. Was, yeah. Well, yeah, towards Whoa. the end, I mean, that was like one of the entry level ways to get into it was you had to be branded right out the gate by the, the girl from the... Well, it wasn't like that. It's that they had like a mini cult inside the cult kind of thing that was like super secret. And um, but like famous people were involved. Allison Mack, like a bunch of people from um, Smallville. Allie Mack. Yeah. I don't know that is. Um, And um, she was yeah she's in Smallville and um, okay. And and, I mean it got huge. It's like what was their um, mo? There's a doggy. I see the sheep. Sorry. Oh, the sheep. The the sheep's is here. The sheep has arrived. What's What's the name? She, her name is this. her name is Zelda. Oh, I thought it was the Secret World of Alex Mack. Oh, she's so cute. Um, <laughs> she's a good dog. Um, oh, but uh, see, yeah, uh, Michael's no, dog. It's, it's like a, a three pound little five point. What is it? Five point eight pounds. Something. Oh my god! Italian That's a rodent. 
That's a rodent. Oh my goodness. A cute rodent, oh, but a rodent. Is she what is she mixed with? She's, she's just like, a sheep. She's just a really, really giant sheep. Oh, they told me they're like, Oh yeah, she'll sheep. she'll stop growing at like twenty pounds. And I'm like, perfect, oh. I can take her on planes with me. Now she's like thirty pounds and like a giant <laughs> sack of rice I can't take yeah, anywhere. How old is she? Three. Oh, I want a Malamute oh, so bad. Um she's three. My poor girlfriend has uh we have a cat and a dog, and she is horribly allergic to pets. So she just, Aww. I mean, but she loves them, but okay. she's just dying all of the time. Aww. So I don't that's, think I'll ever get my Malamute that I want. That's oh, why that's we have little Aria. Where is she? Oh, is she out of the room? She is. When I get oh. another beer, I'll get her for you so you can see <sighs> my five-pound rodent with 10-inch <laughs> legs. She's like a, she's a Victoria's Secret model of dogs. All legs. <laughs> Did you bring Zelda to Atlanta? No, I can't. Yeah, um, okay, it's so mostly, yeah. um, okay. I think I might bring her around at a couple of other places. The next place we're going to is I am officially meeting my girlfriend's mother uh, in person uh, and her, her brother and his wife, and they have a new baby in okay. Seattle. So we'll be going in November for How's Thanksgiving. How's her mother um, taking all of it? Uh, she's good with it? Good. I mean, it's been no, many years. Yeah. Good, good. yeah, I think my parents yeah. would be cool. Um, and I met them on Zoom. It's, you know, it's the traditional trying not to be awkward and yeah. Talkative and charming. Well, you're very really likable, so I don't see how they. Well, that's very it. flattering. I think I am not everyone's <laughs> cup of tea. Really, and that's oh. okay. Is it, do you ask? Too, <laughs> she too smiles too deep, much. Do you ask what is she hiding? Questions the first time you meet them. Um, I think I can be a little bit of a chatterbox. What is your biggest say. fear? That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, no, I think I can just be uh, quite. Uh, I can sometimes come off as a little much, particularly if people are like very calm and low key uh, and yeah. uh, I can okay. seem very overwhelming, um, mm, which I, I get. Like that. That's fair. So <laughs> I don't work out with every, I think I'm a very hit or miss kind of person. I usually get along really, really well, or we don't get along at all. And that's yeah, fine. Yeah. I recognize that's who I am. Yeah. Bye. I like that about you. <laughs> I'm insecure. So like I'm hit. always trying to, Hey, are we good? You didn't text me back <laughs> yesterday. It's, it's, are you okay, bro? I'm sorry. Did I say something wrong? I'm yeah, sorry. That's me to a T. Speaking of well, what, what's your do you think fear? that's always how you were? Or do you think that that was like ingrained to you in some way? Ingrained being told I wasn't like, good do, do you think that was taught? Like, I wonder like, I like so these nature have, versus nurture questions. I'm oh. just so curious. I like, I find like I have so many, and particularly like now that I've had a couple years to like be a real adult, I'm like, I find these things that are, that I think are me and some things that are taught. Um, like here's a good example. Uh, I think everyone should go to therapy. I think it's really, really healthy. And you know, everyone should go, even if they never have a problem. I think therapy is just a wonderful thing for all well, people. No one does have a problem though, right? <laughs> That's the whole idea behind it. Everybody has problems. Well, right. Except for the fact that I cannot bring myself to go. I've got, I went once, can't do it. I freaking can't, won't do it. Don't want to, can't make me. And I think that's the weirdest and I see it in myself. And I'm like, what a weird hypocrisy to have Alex. Why? And it's because I've been taught that if you go to therapy, you must be crazy. Well, also I'm and just too lazy weak. to do that. Well, that too. And it's expensive. This is assuming yeah, right? by the way, your healthcare yeah. covers it. Oh, but it let's was say free it and it was yeah. right down the street. And, uh, well, let's, yeah, let's yeah. say it does, or you have the money or like whatever, getting it is not a, getting oh, good therapy it. is not a problem. Well, yeah, because but confronting your problems is difficult, right? It's not, it's not even confronting my problems. Like I feel like I can do it with my girlfriend or family or friends just fine. It's that if you have to get professional help, that's for crazy people. Yeah. You don't stigma. need to do that. Yeah. Stigma. Well, yeah, we handle our own stuff. Right. And that was taught. 
And I wonder if like are parts of your personality, do you think are there things that have been taught to you or they are, you know, you were, you were just born and that was always how it was. It's both. I know, I know where a lot of my issues stem from. <laughs> the gene environment correlation. That's episode three. Being told I wasn't good enough. Uh, body issues from family members poking at you. You're not ripped enough. And uh, being told shortly after I moved to Florida, family members telling me that I'm going to fail and they can't wait for me to come back with my tail between my legs. Woof. So I can tell them that I was right. That they were right. Mm. So a lot of my issues, I know exactly the moment that they happened. Oof. Confronting them is another issue. Dealing with mm. it is another issue. But I know where they're from. I can hunt them down. Yeah, so I know I know where I my guess that's something at the start. Say what? At the start. You know, but you know that that what what their uh, concerns were is just like you know they don't want you to be like leaving them right because it's like insecurity mm. thing right no? yeah a lot of a lot of the reasons they lash out at me to try to make me feel less than have more to do with them than it does with me one hundred percent and that's yeah. why still no, still hurts though still hurts it hurt all, all the time but I'm not going to end those relationships because I know it has more to do with them than it does with me. Mm. That makes sense. I mean, I think that's probably really big of you, right? Like that's that's the high road we all wish we could. T- we all wish mm, we took. I'm very. Petty. I don't know if I can say we all do that. I'm still working on that. <laughs> yeah, mm. I, I've forgiven a lot. I've forgiven. I like to slap people forgiven, with whatever they do to me right back to them. Yeah, you know? I've forgiven worse things than lessons. just someone a family member telling me I was fat. That's fair. I had a family. I thought you only recently got fat. High girlfriend I was engaged to. Uh huh. I've forgiven that. I can forgive someone poking my belly, saying, "Now you could you lose a few." Uh-huh. Oh right, right. Yeah, my yeah, the, my my doctor did that, and I was just like, I poked his belly. No, I'm just kidding. But he did say, <laughs> "Hey, stop gaining weight. You're at the top level of your BMI." I was like, "Okay, sorry." <laughs> oh, that's rough, buddy. I know. Well, BMI, come on. It's, it's already like, antiquated. Yeah. Speaking of, well, love, I mean, what's, what's yeah. your biggest fear? Now that you brought it up, what's your biggest fear? My biggest fear in life? Yep. And planes. Oh, planes. oh God. Uh, I got two. Uh, one, um, like, like daughter. not succeeding. Like, that's pretty obvious. Number two, losing all my hair and being bald. God, that would suck ass. Oh, I'm like, hey, you know, I mean, some people, some girls are into that. I've heard. And a couple of them, yeah. <laughs> I already no, buzzed like, down to a one whenever I yeah. just, just get your hair real short. Make sure that you have a round head. Mm, like, I look, right. no, but I don't or you can do one head. of those tattoos. You can tattoo on mm. fake hair. That looks pretty good. See, I need to, if thin. I get successful fast enough, I can get hair plugs before it all goes away. I, I'm, I'm 35. So I've got, a, I've got a decent amount I'm slowly losing it. So I should be good until like or 40. Just be ugly and have a lot of money. And then, you yeah, know, the problem solved itself. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like if I get the money, I can get the hair plugs and I'll be, I hate to tell you this though, but when also, you get the hair plugs, two inches taller, that'd be great. Your hair's going to fall out once you seed it for fresh hair. So get used that's to wearing a ball, ha- uh, a ball cap then because Wait, you what? will be bald once they seed it. Seed it. Oh, seed it. Right. That's yeah, a so, weird way to put it. Yeah. It's, it's literally called seeding. So they go behind your receded part and they, dig into your head and pull out fresh follicles and plant it into the parts mm. that you don't want receded. Mm-mm. Receded. They, they freshly seed that area for your new hairline and then it all falls out because that hair is technically dead. Well, I'm cool the with the short term. Through. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with the short term. I got a great uh, doctor yeah. down here for you in Tampa. His name's Doctor Basson. Mm, oh, yeah, because we all trust Florida doctors. I'm sorry, that's so mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I have a huge association yeah. with like drugs. Yeah, I just have a huge association with like handing out opiates like they're candy. That's right. <laughs> but we're also the foreground because all the old fuckers from up north come down here, so they got to be great at cosmetic cosmetic surgery. <laughs> That's so bad. The not quite LA good looking women come over here. So it's, no, people in Florida are gorgeous. It's because they have like that beautiful like Cuban um, like American mix, and they're all, actually I do think people in Florida are like absolutely beautiful people. Sadly, I'm Swedish, mm. so I'm not part of that crew. Swedish. <laughs> I thought you came over on the Mayflower. Yeah, <laughs> I like the the thick booty women. Is oh yeah. Hard? You like yeah, to the, take everything with men, I thought. That's true. I can yeah. second that. True. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Can't complain. Horrible. Well, it's just like, oh, I'm going to get fat. I'm like, mm, no, it's all right. I like it. It's, fine. it's just more of you to love. That's yeah, what it right? is. It's just more to love. Yeah, I feel like it looks better on, well, I'm not going to say all women because I feel like it's a genetic thing where you distribute fat. But for me, it's like, it goes straight to my stomach, you know? But like, yeah, women, I mean, there's of course like, a line. Yeah. But I think like, I think that was actually the first, the first time I started to get really confident in my own body is when I realized I liked women and I'm, and I'd be like, I don't care what you look, I'm like, you're beautiful. You're paying attention to me and you're beautiful and I don't care. What? I am I, like, I'm not worried. And then, you know, and I would see other girls, like, you know, uh, have the same exact thing as me. Like, oh, I have cellulite on my legs. Or like, oh, my oh. tummy isn't tight or whatever. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. I uh, promise you, I'm not thinking about that. I promise. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. How did you develop <laughs> And then I realized, yeah. Like every person has a type. So how did, how did you develop your type considering you were so late into the game to even get to experiment with it? So like you probably had it. Was it just like, um, I think it probably it depends. I don't know if I even have like a, well, Born. that's not true. I do have a very clear type. I, I do oh, wait, have a very, oh, wait, very it's clear not, type. It's not emotions. It's like physically, right? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think a lot of it is emotionally like, you know, it's, it's very, very much emotional. Um, but I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a type. I super, super have a type, um, but uh, which is like full-bodied, you know. Yeah, I mean, women of on. color. Like I like. Everybody which likes. Which is I very mean, interesting and weird, by the way. Come on. Well, it's not even that, but it's like you know what's really interesting is like last time I was out like dating, um, I had this conversation with a friend of mine, and I'm like, I don't want to, and, and like, look, I, it, let's talk about it in the space of like dating apps, right? where obviously by definition, by the way the game, like the way the um, app is developed, it's like, it forces you to think of people in a really superficial way, right? So it's like, okay, I like, keep that in mind. I don't normally think of people like this, but whatever, you're doing the swiping. Everyone does the swiping. I have to say that I swipe left on people with no bios, even if they look super hot. I'm like, yeah, yeah. They don't trust that. Yeah, it's a bot. You don't don't trust that. Um, But uh, I ended up realizing that... um, so I was like swiping on all these people. And I'm like, I don't want to swipe on white girls anymore. And I had this conversation with, with uh, a friend of mine. And I'm like, is that, is that racist? Is that like a reverse racist? I don't, or a self hate. I don't know. I, Cause I'm a mixed kid, right? Like I'm halfway. I'm like, is that, is that weird? Why? Oh no. I don't know how to feel about this. Is this like internal racism that I don't know how to handle it? Oh God. And then I, I, I think she made me feel a little bit better. And she's like, no, you're looking for people who have a cultural connection to your culture and who understand things, and, which is true. And that was the biggest thing is that like, I don't want to have to sit here and explain my culture to you forever knowing that you're never really going to get it because you didn't grow up with it. Right. And there are like certain, ba- certain basic things. Like I realized that like, um, 
a lot, and this might just be me, but most white people I go on a date with, if I offer to pay the bill, they don't offer back. Right. And there's a, there's I know, an actual, right? what is up with that? It's bullshit. Well, no. And you know, it's, I get it that that's not everybody. Like we fine. But like, it's not a white person it, thing. That's just, a, no, it's, you know, <laughs> but it's, but so like, like, for example, so, so in, in Farsi, there's literally a word for it. It's called tar off. Right. And mm, it's like, goddamn tar off. well, no, 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 but, but it, 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 that literal, and I don't know what in English translation, I don't think it has an English translation. It means to like, fight over paying for something right it is the actual f- act of like fighting over the bill oh, yeah, it's right a pissing or, contest well, well it's you a know dominant what? thing it's, like, a, it's ever, a polite like, ever, contest like, 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 it's battle, as I no it's not it's not a pissing contest no it's 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 about showing that you're ho- you're hospitable and like th- there's actually oh and oh man lol you would love honestly this should make its own episode of a podcast somewhere but like for example um there's this video online that shows a parent trying to teach their kid tar off right and so they hand the kid like it's like a cookie right like a biscuit and they're like do you want the cookie and the kid's like yeah and they're like you can't have the cookie. and they're like you can't say yes and then they do it again like do you want the cookie and the kid's like no i'm okay and it's like oh no you can have the cookie and the idea is that you have to train them to be like no i'm okay i don't need much and pros and cons to this, because what you're teaching them is to to say they don't want things when they actually do or not need things when they do. And I realized that white people don't do that. And that was a huge thing to me. So when I went out with my girlfriend, the first brown person in like a while, um, I offered to pay the bill and she's like, no, I got it. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> is that so hard? Finally. I know. That's all I... No, no, and, that, and that blew my mind. And I and, and that was like a re- that was a really big deal for me that a type is someone who understands my culture, which I know isn't an easy answer to your, I'm sorry. I'm sure you no, were probably hoping I, I, I would say like oh, Spanish complex, women. Uh, complex explanations require complex answers. I come from <laughs> exactly. an all white family in a 97% white community. So hearing the other aspect and why things are the way they are for other regions is fabulous. I had a friend I worked with at the hospital and she would try to explain stuff because she's very Iranian and it's just fascinating to hear how it is to grow up as, see, she's a year old. So she's 33 now. For her to describe her dad trying to learn American ways and mm. her ways of how she grew up because she's so much younger. So mm-hmm. to understand. Oh, yeah. Things like. We, to talk about being about a kid yeah. of an immigrant. Like that's we, don't even, yeah, we don't even have words to describe something that yeah. you guys do. It's like, yeah, that's pretty gnarly to hear about. I call it a polite battle. Um, yeah, no, words, it is. But. It is. And it's just to show that you're being hospitable and that like yeah, yeah. You're, you're okay taking care of someone. And that's all it is. It's not meant to be. Some, yeah. versus you can't like, go too far, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. Four, I mean, four or five over. back and forth and then just like, okay. okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Anyway. They, they do go overboard with it. But like, for example, <laughs> like. Here's an, here's an example of like, I had a really tough time with my ex who I had explained this for like years before he got it. And, um, he ultimately was like, no, I think, and, and he got mad one day and he's like, no, I think it's kind of a bullshit cultural thing. I think it's, I think it's lying to other people. I think it's pretending to, to want to take care of someone when it's not. And I think that's bullshit. And I'm like, my culture is not bullshit. (laughs) That's not, you can't do that. You can't say that to me and think I'm going to be okay okay with that knowing that that's something i grew up very comfortable with for many many years so that was a huge deal like trying to well is it not better than when people are like oh i'm not paying on the first date they're paying for me i mean come on wouldn't you rather have like people be like no i want to pay like yeah like thank you i appreciate your time they really do you just said it yeah i'd like to pick up the tab because 
I want you to know how much I appreciated you gave me your time when you didn't have to. Yeah. That's Thank how you. I pick up the bill. Not I think that hard yet. asks the other person on the date should be the first person to offer yeah. to pay. But I've been it's, on a bunch of dates where I was like, the bill came and they were just like, uh, I'm just like, uh, don't worry about it. I got like, you know, like, I feel like I paid for every date I've ever been on. Or if whatever. anything, I always, my suave move is to be like, no, no, no. I, and it, this is if, it, if I, it's a good date and I want to be try, trying to be suave about asking for the next one. It's like, no, I got it. You can get the next one. Eh, 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 boom. I got That's it. That's how you get you the ladies, guys. <laughs> the real suave one is to pay it when you go to the bathroom before the bill. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's true. They, they know me here. Believe me, I got it. Taken care of. But yeah. All right. I don't know. I yeah. think that's. I, by the way, how long do these go? I think we're, we're close to wrapping. Oh, good. Okay, great. I think also again, yeah, one yeah. bedroom. I'm screaming on a podcast yeah, at eleven thirty. My poor girlfriend's gonna want to kill yeah. me. <laughs> what's your What's your biggest fear, Alex? Oh, yep. Oh, dude, planes. What? Oh, nice. That's it. Uh, that's such a spiders. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why. It, it, you know what's really funny is that I've traveled so much in my life, and I've never had a fear of planes until like I don't know two years ago. Um, at a left field, I just had one really, um, not even super turbulent, but like it just was a pretty turbulent plane ride, and it got and it got horrendous. My fear got horrendous. Like it was. Um, well, last flight I had to LA was um. Out of six hours, uh, four of them I were crying. Uh, three of them was uncontrollably, and the 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 sweetest girl sitting next to me let me clutch onto her arms and like cry into her shoulder. And she told me it was going to be okay until we fucking got there. And I was like, "Oh, sweet." <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. But you know what's really cool? There's a wonder. I would love to like plug this wonderful app that I've recently discovered called, and uh, I'm not paid for this at all, but I think they are amazing. Called Sky Guru. Whoa, whoa, whoa no, no sponsors. No sponsors. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Sorry. No sponsors. Not, no. Oh, that's fair. I don't really. I'm, I'm joking. I just I'm think totally joking. I'm totally joking. Because look, like for the last two years, I've been drugging. I've been trying to like drug myself up on like, I would take Dramamine and Nyquil PM and, you know, uh, I was like, trying to be healthy about it and melatonin and literally just like everything to try and knock my, and Benadryl and like everything to try and knock myself out to just like sleep through the whole thing. And it just like wasn't working and I was miserable and it was just, and I always thought I was going to die. And I'm like, this is it. This is the day I die every goddamn time. Um, and then there was this really cool app I discovered, um, made by like a pilot. Um, and it's called sky guru and they have this little gyroscope and you like tie your phone with like a hairband to your little side rest and it actually shows you like hey here's the measurement of how much the plane is actually moving all the shakes you feel are really just in your head because your ears don't know how to measure movement in the air so you can see that it's not like the plane isn't moving like basically at all even if it gets really shaky and you're like oh that's just me i'm just freaking out and it's okay i'm not gonna die and that actually helped a lot you fucking oh, nice. it's called, killing uh, you. sky yeah. groove sky guru, sky guru. Yeah. I think yeah. there's a couple of other like competing apps that do oh, the same nice, thing. Nice. Okay, cool. And it actually, the nice thing is also like you, um, you can connect it. It'll like track your flight. Um, so it'll tell you where you are and be like, Hey, you're, um, you're, you know, climbing in this fashion right now. This is how these climbs happen at this airport. This is why you feel the back of the plane dipping, you know, and you, it tells, it sends you like little updates as it's happening. So you're like, Oh, that little moat, that turn is normal versus a not. Smart, and you know, smart idea for an app. nice. Yeah. yeah, A plus app that actually yeah, did something definitely. good. Mm -hmm. Great. That's pretty badass. Let's get to rapping. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we made it. We made it a full hour. We covered zero scary stories, but you know, I sat in the dark <gasps> like I was. Was 
that supposed to be the thing? Oh, no. So sad. Oh, no. No, 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 no. This is way more intriguing that. and yeah. psychologically oh, yeah. beneficial to others. Yeah, we'll realize. record that one after this, uh, Michael. If you have time. I've got nothing but time. All right, me too. This has been the On Call Podcast. Have a great night, guys. Oh. On Call Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at On Call Pod. Interested in being a sponsor or want to be on the show? Drop us an email at oncallpod at gmail.com. For more info, go to oncallpod.com.